Away they go. No problems with the start. There is two one hundred in the second inning. Gary Hall Jr., the extrovert, and Ian Thorpe battling it out down the pool. Thorpe is starting to go away from him. Joining me today on the show is a team that a week ago put on a phenomenal performance in Tokyo, did their family, friends and country very, very proud. Yes, I'm an Aussie, but I was cheering for my lounge room for you guys as well. It's a massive welcome to the Olympic swim team of New Zealand. Uh, guys, thank you very much for coming on. I know we've caught you in uh, in quarantine at the moment, but as I've we just talked about before, it doesn't look too bad there. How are you guys going at the moment? How's quarantine life? Yeah, good, eh? <laughs> Loving it. Pretty chill. The beds Where? are significantly nicer than the ones we had in Tokyo, so sleeping a lot better. Well, I was going to get to that because obviously, famously, you know, we saw you guys talking about the beds, Lewis, and, you know, what was going on over there. How, how were the beds uh, in Tokyo? Was it as bad as it looked? How did, how did it feel to sleep on? I didn't think it was too bad, eh? Like, I, yeah, I think was enjoying it. Yeah, the, I think a, a lot of the um, dudes were, were fine with the beds. I heard a lot of the, the chicks um, thought that it, they weren't that comfortable, but, I mean, they weren't too bad. Now, listen, I'm not going dirty here, but did we put them to – do we test them out? Did we jump up and down on them and test out how strong they actually were or did we not want to rock the boat there? Uh, I actually tried to move mine further away from the wall and ripped it within about an hour of us <laughs> arriving, so <laughs> – not as sturdy as everyone makes out to be. So, but, but it kept you up, though? You didn't fall just randomly in the middle of the night, just dropped to the floor? No, I didn't <laughs> fall through it. Did do a good jump test, though. <laughs> now, all Olympic debutants for New Zealand, um, so already the Games experience would have been a new one for you guys, but, you know, throw in, obviously, protocols and procedures with COVID and all that sort of stuff. Give the listeners a bit of an insight into what that game's experience was like behind the scenes and certainly before the racing started. Um, I think it was pretty standard to what you'd expect. You know, there was lots of mask wearing, lots of hand sanitizing and social distancing. Um, it wasn't too complicated, which was nice, but yeah, it was definitely a pretty standard procedure. Right for the rest of you guys. I think the tricky thing to get your head around was having to do your COVID test first thing in the morning. Because otherwise you had to, you know, block out an hour of your day where you couldn't eat, spit in your tube, <laughs> and then drop it off to our manager. So mm -hmm. if you forgot to do it first thing, it was a bit of, of an inconvenience. But What about travelling to and from the pool? Was it certain time schedules and things like that? You could only be in and out certain times, boys? What was that like? Um, yeah, I mean, like, we on the bus, it was, it was a kind of a – the bus wasn't too good. It was kind of packed. You're sitting. You might be have been sitting next to people that you kind of didn't want to sit next to. But um, it was it was kind of when you're traveling to and from the pool, you just had to look after yourself, make sure you're hand sanitizing, wearing your mask and stuff like that. But yeah, there there wasn't really a set time. There was kind of pre racing. There mm -hmm. were set times where you could go into what pool and whatever. But um, yeah, no, it was pretty pretty much a free for all. 
Lewis, how'd you find it, mate? Yeah, I mean, it was it was fine for me. Eh? Like, I guess I had a little bit of experience last year um, going over to Budapest, um, but I guess the restrictions in Tokyo were a little bit different. Like, they definitely filled up the buses a lot more than um, what they did in, in Budapest last year. So um, it was a little bit weird knowing that, you know, before the Olympics started, they had all these protocols in place to make sure people weren't mixing and mingling. Mm. And then as soon as the Olympics start, started, we all were just, it was free-for-all. They packed you all into one bus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I guess, like, how else are you meant to do it? Like, yeah, everyone's racing. Um, like, everyone needs to get to the pool. They can't just say, you can get on and you can't. So um, I guess there's, only, like, that was the only way they could do it. And no one, you know, there was no, I don't think there was any, anyone that caught COVID or had COVID um, from the summers. So, um, you know, and yeah, we've all got blue bands. Mm-hmm. Now that we're back in New Zealand to show that we're COVID free at this stage, <laughs> so we can go outside. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right. I guess in reality, yeah, all those protocols and you know things like that have to sort of settle down a little bit. And yeah, as you said, we had to get everyone on a bus and obviously got a little bit too packed. Now, um, one thing I've always loved about the New Zealand crew is the camaraderie, the team culture. That's why I love having you guys on for a chat, and I've enjoyed it ever since we've started talking well how much of a role did that play in you guys over there in your performances and we you know we're going to get to it in a minute but everyone swam phenomenal how much of that played a role in that sort of supporting each other i mean we were all in a uh, in a apartment together so like if we didn't get on then it would have would have really showed so i think um being in an apartment together and it was just a swim team in there and it was it was real easy for everyone to get along and everyone knew each other's boundaries and where when to be quiet when someone's sleeping and stuff like that. So I think that was a real plus for us being able to all be together. Girls, what about you? The boys, did they, they you know, didn't test the boundaries too much, did they? Like I, I couldn't imagine oh, Louis doing, I was you know, testing the bullied. boundaries too much, of course. They were me. <laughs> it was so sad. It was lighthearted bullying though. <laughs> Sometimes. Big brother, big brother, little sister. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> what were they? What were they picking on you about, mate? Spill the beans. What What were they doing? Oh, to you? everything and anything. I mean, Andrew's how story. many items did you lose, Erica? <laughs> quite a few, quite a few, but most of them were found. Lewis <laughs> was, was actually went and made a TikTok about um, Erica losing her laundry slip. But a humble life. Couple hundred thousand views, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Louis, your, your stuff blew up over there, mate. You you were killing it on uh, what was it TikTok and all the other sort of stuff. I mean, I'm not a TikTok guy, so I didn't get to see too much. But I, I do know, uh, you know, the views were going off. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty nuts, eh? Like, I think it was just time and place, to be honest. Like, I just, I just figured out that I knew it was probably going to blow up um, around Olympic time, and. TikTok's like an interesting app where it's not like Instagram where, you know, it's just your followers that see your content, you know, it gets pushed out to the rest of the world if the algorithm works in your favor. So um, like I just sort of use that to my advantage and like I went from like 200 followers on TikTok to, you know, 
pretty well over 100,000 now, which is pretty nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, do you also think your laid-back nature and given that it was a games, and no doubt when it comes time to race, you know, you put your race face on and, and you do business, but your sort of laid-back nature in terms of, you know, this is the Olympic Games and everyone's probably thinking you're over there like stressing about, oh, what's going to happen, but you're pretty chilled about it. Do you think that helps sort of play a part into you becoming a little bit more popular as well? Yeah, I mean, um, I guess for, for me and I know a lot of the other Kiwis, you know, we're, we're there to compete, but we're also there to have fun. And mm. I guess it's the time to celebrate. You know, you do all this hard work for this one moment. You don't want to just make it all serious and, you know, not fun. And the Olympic Games is, you know, a fun environment to be in. You're part of um, not only the New Zealand team, but, you know, you're hanging around the village with the best athletes in the world. So I guess I just wanted to take advantage of, of you know the people I was around and the sort of atmosphere I was in and you know just show everyone that we are pretty normal people and we do have a bit of a laugh and we um we make people cry just like what Zach and I made Erica cry about the laundry slip um, <laughs> very unkind very unkind <laughs> yeah so like we're playing pranks on each other and you know just like little light-hearted things that um show i guess the world that we're you know there to have fun but also to race fast absolutely race fast you guys did obviously had some fun but records were broken over in tokyo which was great to see zach mate i'll start with you how proud of your performances were you especially given you know you've had a bit of time to reflect now maybe in the moment sometimes you think differently you've had some time to reflect and have a look at what you're able to do over there it's your first olympic games it was a massive experience how did how proud are you of your performances? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty um pretty stoked. Um, I I mean, my my 400 probably didn't go to plan. Um, I, I kind of rushed into that, and I think I'm I'm more proud of, proud of myself for stepping away from that and then switching around and then coming into that 800 and doing a PB and getting the NZ record. And so I think um, not just for me, I saw that a lot within the team as well with the likes of Eve probably not doing the best 1500 and then going and smashing her 800 going under the world qualifying time. And then like the same with Lou, he had um, that 400 IM. I don't think it went to, to plan in, in that final. And then he switched it around and made the final in the two IM. And then even for Erica as well, she's, she's gone from her 400 final that probably wasn't to the race plan, but then switching on in that 200 free and making the semis. So I think um, it showed not just for me being able to back up the whole team had that same attitude. And it was, it was real cool to be a part of that, knowing that we, um, even if we get knocked down a little bit, we, we know how to spin it around and, and get back up and perform. Absolutely. Karina, mate, I'll, I'll come to the 4 by 2 relay. How proud of you, you know, to be a part of that, to see that obviously having a relay at Olympics shows the depth that you're starting to create within that team. We know it was a small team that was sent over, but uh, finished 12th. How important was that in terms of the progression and how proud of you, you were you, sorry, to be a part of that as well? Yeah, I mean, it, it shows that we're growing as a nation in swimming. Um, for me, originally, the relay was kind of plan B. And then as the season progressed, it kind of became plan A as, you know, the season didn't quite go as I'd hoped. Um, but for all four of us to get together and put together such a good relay, you know, Eve, I think her split was a PB for her, um, was just 
awesome. Like Eve obviously had a massive schedule with a, a 15 and an eight and a 200 in the middle. And Erica, it was after a four and a two. So for her to back, for Erica to back up and swim an awesome lead off leg, Eve to swim a great leg, number three, and then Ali, who's actually a 200 backstroker, to put together a pretty solid 200 freestyle was really awesome and it was really special to be a part of. Absolutely. Erica, I'll, I'll stick with you just since we're talking about, you know, the, the women's racing and what a phenomenal meet you had finally breaking records. I mean, 402, damn girl, that was that, that was pretty quick. That that had me cheering in my lounge room, that's for sure. And my family were like, who are you cheering for? There was no Aussies there. Don't worry about that. I'm cheering for Erica. How did you enjoy uh, your experience over there? And more importantly, what lessons, you're only young, what lessons did you learn to come away from that that you think you can put into practice for the next time you're there, which is, you know, three years away? Yeah, I mean, it was it was absolutely amazing. I definitely didn't expect um, for it to go how it did. Um, but, you know, I'm not complaining. It was pretty epic. Um, but, yeah, I definitely learned a lot, you know, having to back up my heat swim in the final the next morning. And it obviously didn't quite go to plan. Um, but not all races go to plan, so it was pretty standard. But I think just, you know, gaining more of that international racing experience is really beneficial. Yeah, how much of a change was that? Now, we know um, how sort of successful you were as a junior athlete coming through on the world stage, but this is a very different experience. Now you're racing Ariane Titners, Katie Ledecky, like the, the names are, you know, far bigger than probably what they are at their age group level. What what sort of a difference did you find there? Um. I think I guess they have more of like, um, I guess there's more stigma around them because, you know, they're these massive names. They're the big dogs of the pool. Um, and I guess you're just kind of one of the new ones coming up. So definitely trying to, um, you know, race them. Like they're just another swimmer in the race. After that 402, did you have anybody looking over their shoulder? You're going, damn girl, where, where did she come from? Similar to uh, if we watched the running the other night when the Aussie won the heat, um, and the Jamaican sprinter looked over and saw him beating him. Like, where the hell did he come from? Did you have anyone, especially coming into the final? Four or two was very quick. Yeah, I definitely think I turned a couple of heads. I mean, I was in lane eight of the last heat of the finals. Like, I don't think they were expecting it. Um, and, you know, going into the final fourth, it was a bit weird for some people. But I think I made my statement. Absolutely, Matt. I was very proud of you. As I said, I was, I was cheering from home, that's for sure. Now, Louis... Mate, talk to me about your games experience. Two finals in the 200 IM, the 400 IM, your first games. We know you are experienced at a, a world championship level, but having done the podcast and talked to everyone, we know that the Olympics is a different beast. It's definitely a different experience. Uh, how did you find it over there? The men's medley seemed to be a bit crazy as well with Seto not finaling and there was, you know, it was all happening over there. How did you find it? And again, what did you take away from that racing experience that you can put into practice next time? Yeah, I mean, um, going into the the heat, uh, having an afternoon heat was, you know, I was pretty happy that I could, um, you know, I knew it was going to be, I guess, a fast, uh, fast to get into the final, but it wasn't going to be like a crazy time to to get a medal. So, um, for I think like it, it was like a four ten to get into the final, which is which was pretty quick um, yeah. considering like I got a bronze medal at the Worlds in 2019 with a 412. So um, I was happy with what I did in the heat and I still think I had more in the tank to give in the heat. Like I was just racing that last hundred um, with, with those guys. So 
like I was pretty stoked with the performance in the that afternoon and going into the final to not have Sato was um, definitely a little bit weird and you know it opened the door for so many you know you know newcomers or you know people like me who um, who normally wouldn't beat Sato so um, it was pretty surreal having him not in the final um, and then the next morning I always knew it was going to be tough to get up and and go for that that final because you know it's a morning final and as you just find it a little bit more difficult than normal um, mm. just because the body's still asleep. And so I was definitely cautious of that. And um, I tried to play my cards as, as well as I could. You know, I I raced it from the beginning and I played my strengths as where I could. Um, and I thought I would be able to hold in, or hold the, you know, hold it off in that last hundred. But um, yeah, it was, it was tough. That last 25, I just, completely fell apart and <laughs> i mean if you watch the race you, you can see i went from second to to seventh pretty fast so um yeah i mean it was pretty disappointing to go from se- second to to seventh um within like 25 meters but um you know i got a lot out of it i learned that you know i'm capable of achieving you know world-class performances and to i'm you know i'm cap- i'm still capable of getting on that podium and um, I think, you know, when I get home, I'll, we'll talk about it with the team and we'll figure out a strategy to make sure that next time, if we're in that same situation, you know, we have a better plan around how we can make sure that I can back up a swim um, in the morning and, you know, still swim fast and or even faster. Yeah, well, mate, you make some great points there. And especially around those IMs, as I said to you, I think um, it, it became more wide open. When I say it was crazy times, it became... You know, anyone, if you made a final, you were close to getting a medal if you were on your game and going fast enough. So it definitely was was fast swimming. Secondly, this one's to everybody to answer this. How did you find the the time difference and obviously doing your heats at night, um, even that in itself? I mean, we all swim at, at, at night. How was that, you know, going into a heats at night? It's not sort of familiar to us. Is that something you had to get your head around? How did you handle that? Karina, I'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, for me, I obviously only got the one swim. And so for it to be at night, I got to almost treat it as if it was my final. Mm-hmm. So I went through, you know, a normal process in the morning. I got in and did my warm-up swim and a bit of pace and then came back at night ready to give it my best. Um, if we had made the final, obviously, I would have had to prepare slightly differently. But I just came in that night and gave it everything I had. Erica, what about you, mate? A fair bit of sort of backing up and, and heats and finals. How did you find that? And did it take a, a little bit of adjusting? Yeah, it was definitely, um, you know, a massive meet for me. Like I went in thinking I was going to have three races and I came away with five, which was unreal. Um, I think the backing up, I found a little bit hard just going from night swims to morning swims, but I think that was to be expected. Um, so, yeah, I think it was just a learning thing. Zach, mate, what about you with those heat swims being uh, at 8 o'clock, 8.30? I don't know. What was the time? When, when, what, what time, sorry, were you swimming over there when you were jumping in the pool? So um, I think my 800 was, yeah, around 8.30 at night. Um, but, like, I mean, in New Zealand when we're doing 800s and 1500s, like the fastest eight go straight to the final, which is at night anyway. So mm-hmm. that kind of had like a final feel to it. And um, for me especially because I was, I was ranked, maybe fourth or fifth in my heat, the the goal was to go and win my heat. So 
treating kind of my heat like a final was was um helped my mindset quite a lot in that but um yeah i think it got to the point especially with um because when lou was racing racing heats and finals i was kind of um up around the same times as him making sure that i'm not getting in his way um so it, it almost got to the point where you couldn't tell what day it was or <laughs> if it was a morning or night like yeah. especially because um you're racing so late at night and if you're going for a swim you're going for a swim at eight nine in the morning you've still got 12 hours before that that heat session at night so um it, it did have a big final feel for it at night but then trying to back up in the morning would have been pretty tough especially for yeah the likes of lou and erica yeah lewis we're finished with you mate how did you find it was that something you you struggled with you found your feet towards the end looking ahead you've sort of have uh, um, you know a, a way of dealing with it a bit better do you think i mean yeah i think i still need to figure out a way that um that will help me um i still don't know how i'm gonna fix it i've i've got a few people at home that that are gonna you know see what they can do or see if we can change anything and what we do in training um but yeah it was it was good i guess for people that may only have a heat swim because then you could just swim your final at night and it would just be like normal. Um, and so it was good, I guess, for me as well. And the 200 medley where I wasn't really set to make the final, um, but I was able to, you know, pretty put in a pretty good performance in the heats, which, you know, set me up to make the semis. And then also I was able to just hold on in, that, um, in the semis to, to get into the final. Um, so it was, I guess it was good in that regard for, for most people that, you know, wouldn't make the final um, and um, didn't have to get up that next morning and, and try to do it all over again. Now, I'm not trying to incriminate you guys here, but did you get to have any fun at the end of the week? Did you get one night off to play up a little bit? Now, Erica, I, don't, I'm, I think you're still 17, aren't you, Erica? So I don't know if you could have played up too much, but did we get any time to have some fun at the end of the week or was it straight on the plane and straight out? Oh, we just, I think we just, we just kind of cruised. Um, the, I know the girls pulled out all their beds and had a movie night in the middle of the apartment. Um, I think everyone's just looking forward to getting out of ISO and being able to celebrate with their mates back home. I think uh, we had a pretty good week as a team. And um, yeah, I think, I think the cel- celebrating comes after ISO. I think it's probably wise, mate. You're going to get up to a lot more mischief outside of there. That's for sure. Now, obviously, swimming is is what we love, but have you guys been getting around any other sports while you're over there? Did you get to see anything, obviously, on TV since you're sitting in, in ISO now watching the TV? I see quite a lot of you still looking up and watching as we speak. So are there any other sports we're getting around at the moment? The boxing. David, up David. He, um, he, he fought real well, um, and he was such a great guy. Um, to be around at, at the game. So I think uh, for me, watching the boxing was was something I've never really paid too much attention to. What about I've uh, definitely else? been watching the uh, kayaking pretty closely. Obviously, a lot of those girls came from surf lifesaving, which I'm still involved in as well. So to see them absolutely smashing it is just awe-inspiring. I saw uh, one of the NZ boys uh, the other day in high jump was jumping pretty well as well. Lewis, have you been watching anything else? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just cool that, you know, you're in this New Zealand team environment in the village and everyone sort of comes together watching each other, um, you know, do what or their sport. So 
um, whenever there was a Kiwi on, you know, we'd always go down to the the TV area in the village um, for what in the New Zealand team area um, and watch the Kiwis. So it's been, I think it's pretty inspiring, you know, being able to see the guys that you were hanging out with every day, watching other people, you know, do their event. And then you get to watch them, you know, on TV now doing um, what they do best and, you know, seeing them win medals. And I think I just saw like our one, one of our two kayaking boys get fifth um, and they were ranked like, you know, nowhere near the top eight. And, you know, they made a freak, they had a freak, um, you know, semi-final or quarter-final and they, they, they got into the final and then they got fifth. So it's so sick being able to see um, all the other Kiwis compete and, you know, seeing your mates do so well. Erica, mate, what about you? We'll finish with you. What sports have you been watching? Oh, just whatever's on. Like, I think I was up last night watching athletics till who knows how late. Um, I mean, the weightlifting was on as well, which was pretty cool to watch. Um, yeah, they're lifting some unbelievable weights. It's ridiculous. Does it inspire you, mate, to get back in the gym and, and start lifting? Have you, what, you got any yeah, new PB goals? Like get real swole when I get home. <laughs> now, before we finish with a little bit of fun, we're going to uh, have a little bit of uh, a quiz to finish with it. But before we do, obviously, I know your results in Tokyo are most definitely a team effort. Coaches, families, everything goes into to those results. Is there anything you guys would like to say to your family, to your coaches, uh, before we have a bit of fun, um, you know, we'll start with you, Erica. Anything you'd like to say to your family and friends, coaches? Oh, you know, I think everyone will just be saying thank you here. I mean, the support has been unbelievable, you know, over the last two weeks and, you know, leading into the games over the months we've been training. Everyone's so supportive and they show so much love. And it's just I'm very thankful for everything that they do for me. Zach, what about you, mate? Yeah, I mean... I can't speak on all the athletes, but I mean, for, for me um, and my support team and my family and all that, it's huge thanks, but it's, it's only the beginning. It's just the start. So um, get ready for, for hopefully a long journey in, in swimming and um, being able to go places with my swimming. So, yeah. 100%. Karina, what about you? Yeah, I think like everyone, it's just a massive thank you to my coaches, all of my support team and my family and friends back home um it's been a long journey and it's been a hard journey but we made it um and i'm just super grateful for the support from everyone absolutely you guys should be very proud of yourselves as it's been said um to me before on the podcast once an olympian you're always an olympian that's it once you've been to the big show you are an olympian which is a phenomenal effort one you should all be very proud of lewis finish this up mate yeah i mean i'm just super proud of um what my team have, have, have achieved and um, I'd never be able to thank them enough for, you know, the time that they spend with me and the support they give me. Um, you know, social media is crazy. It's a crazy time. Eh? Like I think everyone in this, in the team has been like blown away with the amount of support we've had from New Zealand and, and, and everyone that has been interested. I think like, yeah, just the engagement has been pretty nuts. So, you know, we're all super thankful and, um, we can't wait to move forward with this team and, and get better. And hopefully in, in the next few years, we'll start getting a few podium performances. <laughs> Very well said, mate. Now, I'd like to finish with a little bit of fun. This is one thing we do on the OTB Crew podcast. It's called the Famous Fast Five Quiz. So your names are your buzzers. First person to answer correctly gets it right. 
uh, person with the most points at the end wins. If we need a tiebreaker, I have that question there ready. So you guys might want to unmute yourselves, uh, Zach, just so you're ready to rumble. Uh, here we go. Who shocked the world by winning the men's 400-meter freestyle? Oh, far. <laughs> I don't even know guy's name. I know where he's from. I know what lane he was in. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be. It's got to be the name. Oh, can I Google it? No, you can't. Give me. Okay, if anyone can tell me the country, I'll take that. Karina, Tunisia. Yeah. Tunisia, yes. And his name was Ahmed Hafnawi, by the way. Um, shocked the world. Oh, what a swim. It was crazy. I think he even shocked himself. Uh, number two, Ariane Titmus coach Dean Boxer went viral for his reaction when she won gold in the 400-meter freestyle. What famous old-school wrestler was he imitating when he grabbed the rail? Oh, oh. No clue. How am I supposed to know? Oh. <laughs> I heard them say it as well. I can't remember. Well, I thought because yeah, anyway, it's Ultimate Warrior. It's fine. This is awful <laughs> from us. Fine. Oh, no, it could be, it could have just been an awful question, Erica. It's okay. I I <laughs> take that one on myself. Uh, mate, the mixed relay, the mixed four by one relay, fresh to the Olympic program. I thought it was very exciting. Um, exciting. Hopefully, get to see you guys in amongst it as well at some point. Who can tell me the medal winners? Dirk. Go for it. Um. Australia. Australia got what? Um, bronze. Yep. Um, Great Britain won it. Yep. Um, and his silver was China. Yes, yes, yes. Boom. There you go. You're up. You're on the board. <laughs> Karina and Zach are on the board. Uh, Louis, I don't know what he's doing, and Erica, I don't know if she'll catch up, but we'll see. Now, how many New Zealand records were broken in the pool in Tokyo? Erica. Yeah, those. Erica got there. Oh. Three. Three. Three? Three New Zealand open records. No, four. 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 <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> are you sure? I had four. I didn't count my one. <laughs> I don't know if you can change, change yeah. your answer. Yeah, you can't. Oh, come on. I don't think I could give that to you, mate. Oh, yes. no. so close. Erica, what are you doing? So close. I, didn't, I didn't count mine because mine was an age group record. No. No, no. you got Lauren's record. Yeah, no, you, but I yeah. forgot. I was going to get my 200. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Didn't Lou get two? Two, yeah. Okay. I was wrong. I was wrong. Oh, and when you started saying three, I'm like, wait, does, did I get it wrong? Because obviously I didn't like keep a track of it super closely. Uh, all right. The, <laughs> next, <embarrassing. laughs> the next one. How many world records were swum? Zach. Go for it. Was it four? Yes. Yeah, I had four. I had uh, the women's four by one. Uh, Caleb Dressel and the 100 fly, the 200 breaststroke with Schoenmaker and the mixed relay, which you just yeah. picked before the Great Britain Oh, team. what about the women's? The four um, by two. Yeah, the four oh, by two. Yeah, sorry, it was five. My bad. Yes. Damn, no. <laughs> oh. Can Lewis oh, you... have half a point for that? Okay, you yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Robbie, you didn't need to list them. Uh, um, yeah, China, four by two. Good on him. What yeah. about Zhang Yufei? I've just got to give a shout out to Zhang Yufei. She's swimming in everything. She backed up 200 fly straight into a two four by two relay. She nearly finaled in the 50 freestyle, goddammit. So 
China, Zhang Yifei, get around her. Uh, number <laughs> five. Uh, I don't think we need a tiebreaker, but we'll chuck it out there anyway. Which Aussie swimmer said, fuck yeah, on national TV? Eric Arena. Kaylee McCowan. Hey, it was Erica. I said before you. I said Eric. It was a mistake. That's <laughs> not your name. Oh, uh, well, this game went horribly, but it was a bit of fun anyway. <laughs> Uh, I don't think anybody really won. No, there was a prize to give out anyway, but uh, it was a bit of fun nonetheless. And I finished by saying fuck yeah on the podcast. So that was a bit of fun as well. Um, guys, thank you very much for coming on. I know you're in ISO, but uh, definitely still a pleasure to have you on. I know we have a lot of New Zealand listeners. This podcast is the number one swimming podcast in New Zealand, and I'm very proud of that. And I love bringing uh, you guys and your stories and the content to everybody in New Zealand every time I can. So I, I know they're going to be excited to hear this. Um, as I said before, you did your country, your family, your friends, your coaches and yourselves very, very proud. Um, as an Aussie, as I said, I was in my lounge room. I was still cheering you guys on as if I was wearing a black <laughs> shirt. So um, thank you very much for joining me, coming on the podcast. I know we'll have a bit of fun again soon and we'll do some more episodes, but thank you very much for coming on. Cheers. Thank you for having Thanks us. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Thank you. guys. You. I just want to be 